Squad SSBL peeps, welcome to episode one of season two of the Jack Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Watt, the commissioner of the SSBL. And this week, we this is our first week of the season. Obviously, there's, you know, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of, you know, a couple blowouts here. Some really, really close games throughout the entirety of this opening week. And we'll kind of dive into them and, you know, give, you know, kind of break it down. See what's going on in the SSBL. It's a bit crazy here. But again, week one, people just finding their footing. Some rosters and lineups may change. Uh, as we head into you know week two and so on, so just gonna get right into it. We started off the regular season with the Moonshots and the Dragons. Moonshots, you know, had one of the greatest seasons last year in terms of the ability to actually tank when wanting to tank. We've seen it in the past where you know managers come in and they're like, we're gonna tank this season, and it just doesn't go their way. They get more wins than they expected. They fall further in the lottery uh, positioning, and it just makes it very tough for that. For that, you know, it's not never been a successful tank until this past season, season eight, with the moonshots. Um, and I think that's you know that speaks to what Pandora has done over there. Um, he's you know, also built up a very nice uh, going into this season, really nice uh, young squad. Um, you know, still, still super young, um, and this squad will, you know, be pretty dominant in my opinion. Either you know next season, it depends on whether you know Super Mega Baseball Four is a real thing, and you know, and what how we're you know gonna adapt to that. Um, but this young squad though surprised me a little bit in this one, and you know, it uh, there are some star some players that came out and really you know um, shocked shocked everybody and you know that I think what really turned the tables as the moonshots you know were in this game uh, they they were really in this game until that injury of Moosh which again I'm not sure how to pronounce her name we're gonna what well, we're gonna call her throughout this season as Moosh that injury to Moosh in my opinion kind of flipped the the whole script and the mojo really of that moonshot squad because after that the dragons just found their footing um even though their home runs were the ones that just barely squeaked over for the most part uh, i think two of them really hit the top of of the wall basically and and we're out of there so you know uh dragons though you know they had a nice showing and do something you know had a had a nice outing um and you know really this this squad this dragon squad Kind of, despite it being the moonshots, they showed that they still have, you know, they still do have the bats. It's just it took them a little bit longer to wake up in this game. It it, it was super late, um, but it was it, it was at the right time because moonshots had no answer for them um, going into that with them. We'll go ahead and move on to game number two. This game, oh my goodness, Wildcats, you know, really controlled this game. Once the scoring, uh, once they started scoring, um, they controlled it, and then it just slipped, slipped out of their hands, and Heidi Bear came in and, and get, put them up four three uh, in the bottom of the eighth, I believe, is when when that happened. 
that, you know, the, the, and that's a rookie there. Rookie and Heidi Bear coming in, hitting a three-run shot off the Wildcats. And the Wildcats just, like, that was... Uh, Upsetting, really. As like as a Wildcat fan, you know you're you're in the driver's seat. You're thinking things are going your way. Uh, I believe you're up three one, uh, maybe even three nothing. I I can't remember the exact um, how that actually worked. I think it was three three nothing. Um, so you you're up by three. Um, even then three one, and then you give up a three run blast to a rookie who, granted, is is a is a solid rookie. Probably you know one of the best candidates for rookie of the year and it's just like it's gone like you you, you really hyped you know have have a, had an amazing uh you know showing by beef boy and it's just it just evaporated it sucked the life out of out of the wildcats there like it was like i don't know like having a 19 to 4 Win in season eight on opening day against the Stingers last season. Then in the playoffs in the Eastern uh, Eastern Conference <laughs> Epic Conference Finals, the wrong ECF there. Epic Conference Finals, coming in and then losing the series to the Stingers, and then opening their season with the Stingers, and it being such an upsetting game. Like it again, it's just week one. Uh, it's just week one, but. That one is is going to 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 sting. It's going to sting for quite some time because as we spoke last season over and over, like obviously your division games, like every game matters, especially these outside of your division, um, because you only play the, those teams once. There's no unless you play them in the playoffs. That's it. Regular season, you play them once outside of outside of your division. So you have to capitalize on those because those games will matter. Uh, going into uh, further into the season. Now moving into game number three of day one, the Gauchos and Lumberjacks. This was a very shocking game for me, um, just because of the score and how Ben Tojam, a veteran in Ben Tojam, was able to come in and truly like show that he still got it, regardless of his age, regardless if he is a season four, I believe he's a season four. But regardless of him being a season four, it, it didn't matter for Ben Tojam. Ben Tojam came in, locked the Gauchos down. I mean, Gauchos couldn't really do much. I mean, the final score being two to one, the Lumberjacks were in it. They were in it. It's just, you. in my opinion, it was a, if, if Bartko Jr. was on this game, which he was not, he was the final out of the game. If Barco Jr. has a solid game, he despite that last that last at bat, right? But leading up to that, it could be a whole different ball, ball game if your captain in Phil Barco Jr. has you know better at bats and bat at you know at bat one two three leading up to I believe it was his fourth at bat there in the bottom of the ninth. Whole different ball game, whole different ball game, and I think that's. That's where you know they struggled, but you know the you know Denver Brainstorm I believe also struggled a little bit, and it's but they still have it. The Lumberjacks still have it despite the loss. They still have it. It's going to be a, a pretty crazy and hectic season in that heroic conference, which we'll talk more about just the the conferences as, and you know how I view these conferences after week one. 
we'll go into that in a little bit. Um, but the Gauchos get a 2-1 victory. Um, Billups with a home run. You know, that's you know, that great performance by Billups. And I think Billups, you know, has been that this household name for this Gauchos squad. Um, for this for the last since you know since she was called up, um, so moving on to you know day two, start with skulls of rock and high rollers. I mean this this game was a blowout. It was seven nothing uh, or set or seven one excuse me I believe for most of the game, and then until that last um, that last inning, the skulls start you know the bats start you know. You know, they started getting some hits, starting getting people on base and, you know, moving runners around and getting, you know, the home run by Buddy Moon. But it was just too little, like, too late. The Skulls were too late to the to the party. Newt Castle struggled um, in, in his, in his uh, Season 9 opener there. It just, and the high rollers is similar to that of the Lumberjacks, but obviously a different result. Shows that they still got it. Like, the high rollers aren't, like, we, we kind of, you know, after last season, if, since the high rollers didn't make playoffs, uh, we kind of were riding them off a little bit. Like, yes, they did have uh, have an incredible minor system, but the but the high rollers were, were kind of like, hey, they're going to be a bubble team. I think it might be a different story. I think this... Despite the the score, I think even then the Skulls of Rock team is still a solid team. They they just they out they got outplayed, like plain and simple. They got outplayed, and that's where, you know, the high rollers capitalized. And you you still have the veteran and you know Blind Ollie coming in, and Blind Ollie, you know, putting up you know putting up solid numbers as a veteran, and that's where you know that's. That's where the high rollers are really going to. These veterans, they're going to count on them, similar to that of the lumberjacks. You ha, you're going to have to have your Phil Barco Jr., Speedy Gonzalez, even Kodiak Destroyer. You're going to have to have those guys come in and be your those guys you can rely on. Um, and I think Blind Ollie in this situation is that. Um, and then we move on to the next game, Liberty and Walkers. I think this game, um, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up those um, those predictions um, from week one, which I believe we had about 12 submissions. So if you submitted your predictions, um, much appreciated. So with this one, this is not a surprise by any means. 14 to one, Liberty defeat the Walkers. No surprise by anyone, except if you are Shag, or if you are Chrome, yes, I just called you both out on the podcast for picking the Walkers. But you know, you got to pick an upset every now and then, and I, you know that's where that's where this comes in. And this um, this Liberty team, they have the bats, they have um, they have the pieces there. And the 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 best part about this Liberty squad, yes, it's the Walkers. But if you look at this Liberty squad and how young they are, and the the potential that they have. Especially with you know being in the icons, like they like even just overall being in the heroic this season, which I believe the heroic, you know, of these two conferences that we have in this league, from an aging perspective, the the heroic is is probably the oldest. If I were to, to say, they're probably the oldest team out of them. You I mean you look at the epic conference, you know, the Cyclones are probably the oldest team that we have now. 
Like that's probably the oldest team out there. Um, you know, Skulls of Rock completely revamped. They're a quite a young team. Bombers, young to stay. They tend to stay young and make sure they keep up with the aging per, uh, side of things. And you know, there's there's really no old teams in the epic. They're all in the heroic. So you know. The Liberty have a shot this year, and I think, you know, even next season going into season 10, you know, bringing up Guy Young, even if they bring him up this season, get him a little bit of, of time in the minors, but call him up this season, if they, you know, maybe even get close to making the postseason, call up Guy Young, and now they're even in a, in a different position. And I think in a solid position, you know, moving forward, as I said, after this season going into season 10 and beyond. Um, so Liberty, solid win there. Um, Cyclones, Bombers, I mean, I think this is just kind of what's going to be happening um, this season in terms of Cyclones games. It's just, like I said just a second ago, they're one of the oldest teams, if not the oldest team, in the entire SSBL. Like, this is this is what we're probably going to see for most of the games. They play the high rollers next week, and I think we're going to see a very similar result. And that's them, but they're also facing the Bombers. Uh, they played the Bombers this week, and the Bombers are were, they're a great team, one of the best teams in the league. Like it's it's expected there for the Bombers to win. Twelve out of twelve um, people chose the Bombers, which everyone like it's there's no there's no questioning that one. The ball play, I mean the the Bombers were, were supposed to win that game, but the Cyclones. Are also expected to lose that game and lose games like they're just expected to lose this season. They are a much older, uh, much older squad. You can't like there's nothing else you can really say about that. They're they're aging. They they the young. They don't really have much of a young talent. I think the Beam Machine trade really, you know, messed with where the Cyclones could go. Um, going forward, and I think that's where it's like, okay, like, what do we do now? They try to trade Jet County this offseason, and we're unable to find that. They we're unable to, to get that uh, that trade, and, you know, maybe it's it's for the best. Maybe it's best for Jet County to just ride out his last season uh, in the SSBL on the team that he started with. But maybe they could have gotten at least some type of draft capital, whether it's even if it was a couple of third rounds or a couple of late seconds, you know, something along those lines, getting some types of picks. Um, but apparently no one wanted Jack County, um, which is understandable. Old guy. And then we move on to day three. This day, um, outside of game one, was a very, very interesting day. Retrievers just started like picked up right where they left off outside of you know they you know the the spring training game eliminate that one but right where they left off i mean it's 12-1 against a very 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 young knights team um i mean there were there were tons of of mental mistakes by the knights um that just couldn't really recover from that and then you have you know bombs being hit, um, like it, it's it's a very tough squad to play against this Retrievers team, and you know you expect them to be in the running to head to the Super Series once again uh, for back to back seasons. Um, that's just 
that's just how it is. The Knights squad is super young. They they're gonna struggle this season uh, to find runs to and to find overall just to find wins. Um, even even hits. They're, I think they're gonna struggle uh, throughout this season, um, especially when you have your veterans on this team, Levi Booth and Dave Sacred struggling as well. Booth did not have a great game by any means in that one. Um, so moving on to the next game of day three, Serpents Angels. Okay, this game. Which, of course, everyone voted Serpents, so everyone got this one right. Because Serpents won. But what in the world did we witness? Obviously, there's a dilemma within the Angels organization with needing someone to play, uh, I believe it's right field. They didn't have anyone, so they had to bring in, uh, move people around, and they were forced to have Otani Banani on the bench. And Donnie JT behind the plate, which Donnie JT, from a defensive standpoint, is not terrible by by any means. Uh, not great, but not terrible. But he's got no contact, so he's literally an automatic out. But then he blades down a suicide squeeze, a perfect suicide squeeze down the first baseline with two strikes. Two strikes. We've seen this bunt before back in Season 1, uh, Dragons versus wrong fielders in the playoffs. But to see that a suicide squeeze with it, like, like even though it was a suicide squeeze actually in Season 1 as well, but to see it now, we're, we're now not in, season, in Season 9, and we're seeing a suicide squeeze with two strikes. Like, it works. I mean, he gets out. But, he, but it works. Run scores, and the Angels stayed in this game. They took the lead for a little bit. But the Serpents struck struck back really quick and retook that lead. But it's... But is it is you, if you take out Donnie JT and you have Banani in the game or you have someone else within that organization, pitching, meh. Pitching was meh. I mean, Sensu Wu did not do the greatest of jobs. Malone came in had a handful of walks and really wasn't you know couldn't didn't have much control in that ball game but I think they have the right pieces in play to 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 get some wins against some 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 of these teams in the epic conference you know possibly even win their two you know cross conference games I think that's that's where I think the angels sit the angels are young they made some trades. They got rid of picks to you know to better themselves now and to develop because well pitching was going to be horrible if they didn't, and you know it's not great by any means. But the pitching is going to be you know it's going to be good uh, heading into into future seasons. And I think this Angel squad is is not um, is is not as bad as as some may. Um, and then we had to Overdrafts Express. So, this one, which we look at this uh, predictions here. We have 4 of 12 um, choosing the Overdrafts, which rightfully so. I mean, this Express squad is a big question mark, right? Who's going to, like, because there's really no true name that, true, that, that stands out. If you think of the Express, DDC is probably the only name you could think of that stands out. There's no one that has like stood out to to me at least. 
who you know who runs at Angley. There's no one that sticks with me from this team. No. And I think that's that's where you know when, when predicting a game like this, where I understand where the overdraft, I pick in the overdrafts came to come into play. I thought the Express were going to win just because I thought the overdrafts, you know, with their, with how they went in the off season, shipping off Bo Jackoon, shipping off Carlos Ramos, pitching, etc. I thought you know to me this is like okay this this overdraft team is tanking. There is just going to be a season where hey let's ride it out, let's get a lottery pick, etc. That's why I chose the Express. Not because I thought the Express were just an overall... Just, not just because of a better team. It was because the Overdrafts were not a good team. And I just didn't, didn't think they had it in to win. And, you know, kind of proves it. But it wasn't their bats. It was their pitching that choked and threw that game away. Matt Wee, who is an actual rookie. An actual rookie in Matt Wee. Comes in and just can't find the strike zone and is giving up, you know, hits left and right. And that's where I think, you know, this overdraft team is going to struggle is in the pitching department. That's, they have the bats. They have, they still got Mookie Astaire. They got Buzz Yellow. They have Shiro Maya. They have the bats. The overdrafts do. But they don't have the pitching and that's what's going to, that's what's going to be their struggle this season is mainly their bullpen, really. Their bullpen's not very good. So, Express get the win six to five with that was one of the, like that was an incredible game, one of the best games in my opinion this week. Outside of you know day one had some really good games, but outside of that, I mean, Overdrafts Express phenomenal game to cast, phenomenal game to watch. Moving on to day four. This game that I'm about to speak of is probably the biggest upset in terms of expectations going into this one. Because with the Sparrows being right right there at the bottom of the epic last season. And again, similar to the Express, who do who's who's the players on this like Sparrow like who's the player? Who is the Phil Bartko Jr.? Who is the Barry Buns? Who is the uh you know insert any name? Alicia Kemp for the skulls. Like who is that player, the household name? We don't know. <laughs> like that's the thing. We don't know. I don't even know. I think I think a little bit after this game, I think there's a little bit of okay, it might be this guy or this guy. But what in the world? The mythic kind of just flopped. The mythic flopped. They play in in spring training against basically the moonshots uh, minor league squad and blow them out. Which again, it's a minor league squad. But at the same time. You come into the majors and you you can't even do much. Can't even really you know you find yourself with with just two runs. You really just couldn't find a way on base. Couldn't find a way on base at all. And I think that's you know the Mythic are still a great team. I still think they have great pieces. Bills Rosa has showed up like in his first at bat he hits a home run. 
you know, and I think that's where I'm like, okay, this this squad is, you know, they're they're the real deal. There's some pieces here. They're going to, you know, I think they're going to win this game. Twelve out of twelve people who submitted their predictions thought they were going to win this game. But the Sparrows come out on top, four to two. Sprit Seltzer, um, you know, let me see the other. Who's uh, the other name? That the MVP of this game um, was uh, Jerry Magana, and I think that's who, in my opinion, that's who is going to end up being that Phil Bartko Jr. of this squad, Jerry Magana. It's it's Magana or Seltzer. Those are the two, and it's not just because of this game. I think they have the most potential, especially once. Like aging comes and they get a little bit more boost and they you know they, they continue to progress. I think those two are probably the best to line up to be the next Phil Barco Jr. or the next um, Alicia Kim or the next you know who's a good one here. I mean Sophia Phillips as well. Looking at looking at that one, you know there there are these next household names. Blind Ali. I think that those it's going to be Jerry Magana or it's going to be Sprint Seltzer that are going to, is going to be that for the Sparrows. Um, so, that being said, we head to Vikings wrong fielders. And this one, from a prediction standpoint, this one is one where one, two, three out of 12 got it right. Three out of 12. Chrome redeems himself here. He redeems himself for that walk, picking the walkers. Uh, so shout out you to you, Crump. Pick he picks the the Vikings here, and he picks it correctly. And of course, Dean picks the Vikings, as we know. And Whitney picks the Vikings. Everyone else picks the wrong filters, and rightfully so. This Viking squad is the biggest question mark in my opinion in the entire league. I still think they are. I still think they're one of the biggest question marks because. I don't even think they really did much in the offseason. They really they don't I don't remember recall much of a from any trades, if any. I don't think they there was much to be to like much done to this roster. And their their pitching is getting older. I think and yes, they have some you know young talent that they brought up from the minors from last season. But I think this Viking squad is still a question mark. Garden Minshew struggled. He still was able to get MVP uh, number th- in, in the number three spot, but he struggled. He couldn't find the zone. He was giving up walks left and right. Couldn't find the zone. And the wrong fielders, they had six hits and walked four times. They left runners on base way too much. The Vikings had no right to win that game. There was no reason for them to win that game. The wrong fielders just could not get runners home. It reminds me of the Skulls of Rock last season. Skulls of Rock get runners on, get two runners on, but nothing comes of it. That happened time and time again here against the Vikings with the wrong fielders. And the Vikings, if you think about it, that was four solo shots. Four solo home runs. It wasn't like they were getting runners on base and, you know, having get like moving the line no it was solo shots how like you can't live off of solo shots 
Not when you face talent like the Gauchos, Retrievers, Dragons. Heck, even the Lumberjacks. You can't just win off of solo shots. So I, I think this, this Vikings game didn't really tell us to... Like it, it did, out of all the games, this is probably the one that didn't really give us much of answers of anything. In terms of any game that we were like, all right, who is this? Who is this team? Who are they going to be? Yes, I understand. It's one game. It's one game. But every game matters. And this Vikings team with with the solo shots, that was it. And that's that's where the biggest question mark is. If they can hit home runs all day. And they win some games, that's great. Great for them, but I don't think that's going to be able to do it if you're not getting base hit after base hit, moving the line, getting runners home. That way. Home runs are great, but solo shot after solo shot after solo shot can only get you so many. It can only get you so far. Now, our ESTV game of the week. This one was probably the best. Like I am I'm proud to say that I picked a good one. I picked a good one and you guys could all agree with me here. The incredible plays defensively. The pitching from both sides. Blaze, Renault, the pitching phenomenal. Like it was a great pitcher's duel throughout the entire game until the bottom of the 8th comes in. Bottom of the 8th. And Rick Day the stick gets one through with runners at the corners and they get that early lead and they were, they get an they get an additional run to go up to nothing and then the unicorns just couldn't find anything in that ninth inning. This was a great game. This was a like this makes me gets me excited. These this ga- game like this gets me excited now for the ESTV game of the week. What are we gonna do next? Dragons and retrievers are are, are next week. What's that gonna look like? What's that going to look like? ESTV Game of the Week, Dragons Retrievers. Ball players, though, I mean, this, this we expected this. We expected this to be a very close game. Looking at this, we had 5 of 12 choose ball players. So 5 to 7, that's, you know, might as well just call it 50-50 at that point. Everyone had a right to, to, to think the Unicorns were going to win. Every right. But the ballplayers came out on top when it was all said and done. So now talking about these conferences, as I spoke earlier. The Heroic Conference. And Pandora also said it in the Discord. This conference, besides about three teams, is not good. This conference is not good. And that's where I went back earlier and saying how the Liberty the Liberty truly have a shot at like that last spot in the postseason. I'm not gonna say they're gonna make you know get a you know four five like a four seed, maybe not even a, I don't even think they're gonna get a five seed. I think they're gonna be fighting for number six. But they have a shot. They have a shot. Yes, it's one game. One game. But they have a shot. Liberty have a shot. This season, because this this conference is so weak, when they face the Knights, they should win that one. When they face uh, the Moonshots, they should also win that one. You know, the the Toilet Bowl. 
you know, second season having the toilet bowl. Liberty should win that one. You know, they you know, looking. You know, there's you know some question marks elsewhere. I think they can beat the overdraft. I think they have, I think they have you know all the utility to beat the overdrafts. I think they have the utility to at least you know compete with the Vikings. Yes, as well as the Walkers, and I understand that part. I completely understand that part. Their pitching is horrible. But I do think the Liberty can compete this season in the in a way of competing for the final spot in the postseason. That's it. Final spot in the postseason. I'm not saying not saying they're going to get far in the playoffs if they make it in, but I do think they're going to be battling. They're going to be in that six to eight seat, like the six to eight place position in this conference, in my opinion. If the wrong fielders can't score runs. If the overdrafts pitching can't do anything, I mean you're you're replaced. I mean you're gonna have to replace the wrong fielders probably in the postseason if you're looking at from last season. So wrong fielders, Dragons and Gauchos are probably two teams that you would expect to to make postseason. No one knows what the heck's going on in the Legends. No one knows. We're week one, but no one knows really. Lumberjacks have it in them. They played a really great Gauchos team. But no one knows what's going on there. Everyone knows moonshots are going to suck. Retrievers are going to dominate the the icons division. So who who's going to fill in that missing piece in that spot? If the wrong fielders can't wake up, it's going to be a battle between Liberty and wrong fielders, in my opinion. For that, and throw in Vikings, Liberty, wrong fielders, Vikings. That's probably your your race for that sixth spot. Moving on to the Epic Conference, we literally have ourselves where an entire an entire division is 1-0. We also have it to where an entire division is 0-1. 90% sure this is the first time, even when it was just two divisions, the four last seasons expansion, I'm pretty sure this is the first time ever to have at some point undefeated division versus an undefeated an, an division. Ever. I mean, I don't even think it was possible back then, but still, first time ever. First time. We're going to go ahead and call it here. Season 9 was the first time ever we had an a, a undefeated division and a defeated division after we won. Maybe it's because of my, my amazing scheduling. I don't know. But that's something to look into. Is like we, we're starting, we start, you know, these these first four games that we're gonna have, they're all out of division. And then we have three divisions. So it, it really is gonna matter after week four. When we come in after week four and we see where these teams lie. Where do the Sparrows lie after four weeks? If we're looking at the Sparrows schedule, um, which is not updated, uh, we'll, we'll just look week by week then. Um, Sparrows face the Angels next week. Sparrows facing the Angels at Colonial Plaza. That could be a win. They face the Stingers 
in week three, more than likely a loss. So now we're at two and one. And then the ball players, um, that's probably a loss as well. Call it two and two after week four. And they face the Serpents, Bombers, High Rollers. So going into week four, they have a chance to be 2 2. Unless they pull out some crazy trick in their. Uh, out of their like some pull out some rabbit out of their hat or if the angels pull something out of their hat and defeat the sparrows uh, next week this division or not division this conference is going to be wild once again from a competitive standpoint not because like the heroic where it's like all right the dominant teams get in who else is going to make it in it's who is going to we do like this is a this is a conference where choosing first seed and choosing sixth seed are the toughest things to like to predict in this out of both conferences epic is hard to predict from that like i mean heroic has its hard predictions but it's it's the lack of competitiveness up there where in the epic it's super competitive throughout the unicorns, who are one of the teams that everyone you know thinks that can, they can make it, you know make it far. They can make it possibly to the you know epic conference finals, make it to the super series. They're they're starting off zero and one. Wildcats starting off zero and one. Yes, it's one game. I I will reiterate that a million times. But that's what I'm saying. Is this this that this conference is super competitive. I don't think we're even going to get a team that's probably undefeated after week three or four. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. So... Looking ahead, though, next week we've got some great games. As I mentioned, the ESTB game of the week, Dragons Retrievers. I think this one's going to be a good one. I think this one's going to be a very hard-fought game between some dragons and some dogs. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to choose who wins that one. we got some other great games as well, Ballplayers, Wildcats. And that's what I'm saying. Ballplayers, the Wildcats get the stingers of ballplayers, too. Of the best teams in the, in the the conference, they get that to start the season. Can the do are the Wildcats going to start zero and two? We also look at it as well. Vikings Liberty. Which one of those teams is going to start two and zero? Who would have thunk? But the Liberty have a shot at starting off the season two and zero, or even the Vikings starting off two and zero. Walker's overdraft. Someone's going to get their first win of the season. Gauchos going to destroy the the Knights. High rollers are going to destroy the Cyclones. Serpents Mythic might be a cl- the close a closer matchup than some may think. Serpents I think still are going to win that one, but it might be closer. Um, I do think the Mythic are better than the Angels, so I think that they're going to put up a much better fight at Founders Field. Wrong Filters Express. This one. Is one another one of those like I don't I really don't know. Will the wrong fielders actually show up and be able to move runners around and get them home? I don't know. Lumberjacks should defeat the moonshots. Pretty simple. Stingers unicorns. So the stingers and ball players could just 
shut down that galaxy division in two weeks. Real quick. You could have your galaxy division like leaders from last season. They were, you know, they were at the top. Unicorns, you know, ended up winning the entire thing. But the Wildcats and Unicorns could be 0-2. Both of them 0-2 to start the season. I love my scheduling. I love it. Love what I did here. <laughs> All done by hand. This is insane. This is going to be another crazy week in the SSBL. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I appreciate everyone for tuning in for the ESTV Game of the Week specifically. I appreciate you know our, our new partner in Sizzle Popcorn, the official popcorn of the SSBL. So make sure you Go over to Sizzle Popcorn and purchase whatever flavor you like and use code SSBL at checkout. As well as, you know, shop the look of your favorite teams. Go to SSBL.tv and wear what, you know, wear your favorite team's shirt. Wear your favorite team's three-quarter baseball tee. Maybe even grab, you know, the Super Series hat. That's a nice, that, that's a nice one. Go to SSBLTV, SSBL.TV and grab your merch today. Especially with, you know, winter is coming. You know, you know, fall just started, but, you know, the, the saying of winter is coming. Cold weather is, on, is upon us. Even here in the great state of Texas, it's upon us. So make sure you grab your hoodie. Make sure you grab your hoodie because you're going to need it. Also, Predictions. Make sure you get your predictions in. You know, I'm going to do these every week. So if you missed week one, it's good. It's fine. You just didn't get, you, you're not going to get any type of, you know, compensation points or anything like that because you didn't participate in week one. Make sure you participate in week number two. It'll be in our Discord. If you're, you know, you need to join our Discord, you can join it. There's a link on our website, ssbl.tv, to join the discord so make sure you go there so that's going to be it for me here episode one season two of jacked my name is jay watt we'll see you next time keep on rigging everybody <laughs>